Hello and welcome, parents. Parents by nature, parents by choice, and anyone with no apparent reason for being here. I am your host, Chris Osborne, and you are listening to of Judgy Parents Watching. Thanks again for joining us on Judgy Parents Watching. Happy Halloween. I'm your host, Chris Osborne. And with me, as always, is... Naomi Spencer. Naomi, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'm excited this year. Okay, why is that? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. By the way, this isn't scripted. It sounds like it is right now. Okay, why is that? Tell me your stories. Um, I'm excited about Halloween this year. Okay, yeah. Uh, What's the costume situation? So I'm just doing, like, Day of the Dead kind of costume, lots of, like, face makeup, dress, veil, that kind of... And just enjoying it. Are you going to do the face makeup yourself, or you got some help with that? Um, so I've got two options, okay. which is um, me doing it myself, and then the backup option of stickers. <laughs> Should I go wrong? <laughs> uh, because I don't necessarily know if I can trust myself. You know what? I think the stickers sound like a good idea. That's definitely just what I would do. For them. It's got, like, yeah, jewels will be nice. And then... Um, so my youngest, the Big Easy, is going as a giant inflatable Stuart the Minion. I love which that. Which I'm really excited about. I feel that suits his personality very well. It does. Um, it, I actually had gotten it thinking I was going to do that. <laughs> and then I worked out that I don't want to be inside a giant inflatable outfit. And so then I said to him, do you want that? And his eyes lit up. And we are often compared as being very similar. So this makes sense. Um, and then Ozzy, our dog, yes. um, is going as a hot dog. And then our middle, um, oysters, oh, he's in that in-between stage. He can't decide whether he wants to dress up or not. I reckon what will happen is similar to last year. He decides in the day that he wants to dress up and then we just make a costume with something that we have. I think when I was that age, I just dyed my hair. I was just like, uh, here's... Oh, we should do that. Here's my costume, green hair. <laughs> but I like, you know what? You made an effort. And I think what will happen is, so we've just moved house. And um, there's a big street party that happens on the street um, on Halloween. And it's, uh, it's so much fun. We went to it last year, which was, I think things were starting to kick back up in terms of social after COVID last year. And, you know, so you've got food trucks come and then people have like pop up little bars and then you've got loads of games. So people make games for kids to play oh, that's great. in their front yards to win candy. And they'll have like Halloween movies screening on a big screen in like people's front yards. So... <laughs> Um, I feel like if he's, if we're gonna eke the child out of him, we're throwing everything at it. So yeah, what are you doing? We're just gonna go trick-or-treating in the neighborhood, maybe go out to Mueller, which if you live in Austin and you're looking for a Halloween trick-or-treating experience that feels like ACL or (laughs) South by Southwest or any other festival type of experience, go to Mueller because it is a freaking madhouse out there. Is it like more like 20 somethings kind of thing? Like, well, what makes it kind of like an ACL South by Madness? Well, basically, uh, for those of you who are listening and don't know the Austin area, Mueller is this uh, newly developed neighborhood, newly as in like the last decade, but newly developed neighborhood over the old airport. And basically, it's just all families and and everyone's trying to top each other with Mm -hmm. the decorations and the experience. And so it just draws so many people from all around the city. And like, it's just a really great experience out here oh, for kids. So and, and also the community too, because 
it just feels like it's uh, something everyone participates in because creativity is kind of the driving force of it yeah. all and another driving force of the city itself. Yeah, I agree. I actually, something since moving here that I've loved is there is like a playfulness with how people decorate both for Halloween and then Christmas, which is like, be garish, put giant inflatables in. Like, the lights don't have to be neat, but they need to be colourful and joyful and this kind of stuff. And um, I love that about it. It's something because it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it, like, it's nice to not feel like you have to conform to a set of rules. Like in England, it's like, oh, we're go- it's like white lights are in. <laughs> it's just kind of right, like, you know, yeah. it's just sort of, oh, and these colors are in. And, like, and it's like, no, you know what? It's Christmas. The whole point about it is that it's kind of cheesy and... It's camp. It's super, yeah, super camp. And I love, yeah, it's wonderful. So I embrace every part of it. Yeah, and we embrace Halloween here and what brings us here today is both Hocus Pocus movies. Yes. And we were thinking a lot about the Hocus Pocus movies and the first one last year when we were kind of nearing the Halloween time. And we were like, well, there's not like too many parents in Like the parents in the first Hocus Pocus, they're all bewitched at mm. the dance. And so they're largely removed of the entire movie. So not much source material there. And then the second Hocus Pocus came out. But then... After the second Hocus Pocus came out, there was this Texas mom, Jamie Gooch, basically saying that Hocus Pocus could inadvertently, if families watch Hocus Pocus, they could be inadvertently manifesting some of the events or actions or spells or things that happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, that's an interesting take. And, you know, we're not here to judge that mother because in some regards um like i agree with this mother um taking the time to think about some of like the topics or things that fit your family could be introduced to and just trying to basically do the best for your family and not wanting bad things to come in through outlets like media and i think we can all very much you know relate to that Yeah. Oh my God, totally. And I think, you know, also I feel like with Halloween movies in general, there is a fear associated with them on, oh my gosh, could this really happen? Yeah. You know, like, um, oh yeah, I remember like watching a super scary movie. I can't remember what it was and walking like not through a forest, but like down a dark kind of path to get back to my apartment and someone scared us. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So what she's actually leaning on is like the whole point of Halloween movies, the whole point of scary movies is to make you feel like it could happen. Yeah. And so she's not wrong. And, you know, you, we don't know what's all out in that world. I remember watching like Charmed growing up and like, oh God, I'd have wished that that stuff existed. <laughs> and I, I wanted to be Phoebe so badly. And so it's like... You know, that's the whole, what she's reflecting on is the mystery of it, but then also the fear associated with it. And I think as, you know, parents or just as people, you try, you know, pretty hard to protect who you love from external circumstances. Um, But it's a movie. (laughs) It's kind of where I land. And that's kind of what we're here to do, because while this Texas mom has this opinion about the movie, which is great, she still hasn't seen it. 
And so I also think that if, if you're going to you formulate an opinion, you know, maybe you should also kind of take a moment to yeah. get your bearings on what's actually happening. And so that's what we're here to do. It's we're here to take apart, pick apart Hocus Pocus 1, Hocus Pocus 2, some of the differences and some of the similarities. It's a very special Halloween episode. It's probably it's not going to be as long as our normal ones because... Again, a lot of the parents are removed in these movies, but at the same time, I feel like, I mean, there's such a part of our 90s history that we, we got to do it. People have, I think this is the one movie that people have asked us to do. Yes, on multiple occasions. Multiple occasions, and I hear it, and you're like, eh, you're like Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> and you always have that reservation. It really with the format, but here but we go. Anyway. Have you listened to it? But, um... But then when Hocus Pocus 2 came out, I think I messaged you and I was like, dude, I feel like we've got to do it now. Yeah. Um, and it's and at that point, I mean, it's been a year and we've diverged from our general requirements. We've already, we've already jumped the shark. We've already gone off exactly. the rails. Yeah, so we, we're exploring we all knew. new territory. We knew that this was the year we were going to do it. <laughs> Okay, we need a way. We need a way to get this back on the rails, and that's why we've got this quick icebreaker before we get started. An icebreaker. An icebreaker for you and me. Yes. Yes. Our life is an icebreaker. <laughs> that was just how we met. Okay. Sorry. What's the icebreaker? Okay, so basically, on the count of three, I want you to say your favorite Hocus Pocus movie, either Hocus Pocus one. Or Hocus Pocus 2. Alright, ready? One, two, three. Hocus two. Pocus 2. <laughs> okay. I didn't try to... I think they know what movie we're watching, Chris. They don't need to do Hocus Pocus 2. I just thought one or two would be enough. <laughs> okay, so we're in agreement. I mean, Hocus I'm, Pocus I'm, 2. Shockingly, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Absolutely. 100%. I percent I enjoyed it way more than I've probably ever enjoyed the first Hocus Pocus movie. I, I was dragging ass through the first movie. <laughs> because, but it, the thing is, it's iconic, and it's, it's, um, it's just like a cult movie of the time, yeah. and it's so wonderfully 90s, and so I don't want to take any of that away from it. It's more that I think they did a really great job of pulling the story together and making it relevant. Yes. 100%. I, I would also say, and I think this probably leads on to kind of looking at Tokus Focus 2 from the offset. Like, I um, obviously watched it knowing that they were bringing back the original characters. And when I first was in the first portion of the movie, I literally thought, was thinking, you know, it's kind of annoying. I'm kind of annoyed that they felt the need to bring them back because, you know, that feels like a kind of cash box decision. Versus the and, and the the scenes with the um, them as children, I thought were incredible. See, yes, and that's one of the similarities between both of them. Yeah. They both start out as a period piece, yeah, and exactly. the second Hocus Pocus does such a better job as the intro. And, and that, that could have been a whole movie in itself. Yes, yeah. yes, I really feel like those three young actresses who they played. Were amazing. Yeah, they could go and have their own series on Disney Plus. I mean, I, it's I Disney mean, Plus, so they probably will. Yeah, probably. But, but, but I mean, truthfully, it's like I'm glad that I still like the movie because I was enjoying the portion where they have that flashback to their childhood so much that I was starting to get annoyed that they were going to spin the story forward. So oh, I was yeah. going into that section. I was like. There is so much here that they walk through. Like, you know, the story with, was it Billy the Butcher's, mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Billy like, Butcher's in. But, but, yeah, and a bit, but didn't they call it the Butcher's Son? 
all of yes. their material. They kind of did that was some of the comparisons. They did a little twist on it because of the um, historical component of it. But like, um, yeah, I was like, I would divorce the whole thing on that, and I felt I, I was worried that they were just on like a Hollywood cash out by bringing them back, and I was not disappointed when they did come back. Yeah, and let's use quotes, air quotes around the term witches because. You know, they're kind of, they're basically driven out of their community because they don't want to conform to the society's standards right. of a 14-year-old marrying some man that right. is however many years older than her, which actually happened in that time. So, right. I, I mean, you, you can't argue with that, and you respect that when it comes to the, the independence the of these characters, you know? And so the beginning of, the, of Hocus Pocus 2 was, was pretty great. And be it, no, I, I, what I liked about it was the fact that they tied it back to humanity because, you know, to your point, this really did happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, they were outcast because they decided that they didn't want to marry someone they didn't want to marry. And um, they then were criticized and called ugly, you know, yeah. at that point. And I love the fact that they held strong and I love the fact that they stuck together. And I thought it was... It was awesome, and they were incredible actresses, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, so that was, like, one of the first comparisons, that intro. Another one was both of the main characters in the present day, Max and his sister, or um, Izzy and Becca in the new one, they're all kind of dealing with these adolescent changes, whether they're, like, moving locations or, like, moving from, like, friend groups. And I really thought that that was a really nice adaptation and also progression of, like, these changes that, you know, teenagers are experiencing. Yeah, and, you know, what they do a good job in both of the movies is they show characters who, like all people in every single world, are flawed, and they are trying to navigate the world as best as they are. So you've got, you know... A teenager trying to be cool, play his drums, doesn't want to hang out with her, his younger sister, and you know, but does is good, and it's always this thing. It's like, but they're good because he does want to protect her, but then he's pissed off at her because, you know, she kind of showed him up in front of people who are going to make his life hell at school. And then on the other side, I kind of felt like the example I thought of in my head was, you had two treadmills faced in opposite directions, and this is what was happening with their friendship. They were like switching, and they were moving in different directions, and. One was, you know, upset because she organized a party and then the person who organized the party was upset because, you know, they were doing a tradition without them and you're just missing each other through this whole thing. Yeah. And, but it doesn't mean they were causing upset, as we all do sometimes, but, and I think you mentioned this theme earlier, was the intent of the people are good. You know, they're people who are trying, just trying to find their way. And they do, I, I feel like it's more subtle in the second movie. Yeah. It's very, like, it's the most 90s thing, like, let's show him ignoring her. Let's show him doing his duty. Oh, we're now going to get him annoyed. But in the second one, there was more nuance of, like, the challenges of being a teenager. Yeah. And another thing is, even though changes like moving are big things for teenagers, mm-hmm. it's also something that not very many teenagers experience going from like one new place to another. I mean, I know it is a lot of teenagers, but the experience of growing apart or finding new friends is something that's universal to every teenager. So like this, this storyline, 
Right, exactly. It provided a bit more equity in terms of teenagers, you know, growing up and identifying with the challenges and struggles of just like, you know, going through high school, making new friends. Mm-hmm. And but I, and I think it does a good job of throwing back the themes of like, you've got the Sanderson sisters or the Sanderson sisters <laughs> as children being bullied by the boys around them. Yes. Then you've got the same thing happening, trick-and-treating in Hoax Box 1. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back again... It's, I, I guess the parallel that the quick example I saw was like in class and they were like oh we covered his car in tinfoil why? because it's funny and it's just like <laughs> these sort of these goofball characters that again aren't bad but you've got these like the the themes that transition all generations are there but they just put them in the, in the relevant settings yeah another similarity in the movies are the spells that they're casting or enchanting mm-hmm. and, and like this kind of comes back to the mom who was a bit critical of Hocus Poc- the Hocus Pocus movies. And, you know, I, I understand not wanting to invite any sort of demonic incantations into your home. I get that. But the spells in the movies are, like, less, like, satanic incantations and just, like, more baby talk, like, lyrical it enchantments. It's so fun. It's, like, songs and dances and poetry. Yeah. Um, and, again, I think, you know... I loved Charmed growing up, and I know I've mentioned this a number of times, but like I use that as my comparison because Charmed to Nature was a teenager show. It did have a darkness to it, especially, you know, in some seasons and stuff. So it's like this just felt joyful. Like it, it felt more joyful. Like, yes, of course, it's got depth and it, it follows a, a, a story arc, but it didn't feel threatening. Right. And I'm even thinking of spells cast in Harry Potter that are even, you know, more intense than what was happening here. And I think they did in both movies did a really great job at keeping the levity within the witchcraft. You know, they didn't let it get too demonic or too satanic. Mm -hmm. Even though in that in Hocus Pocus 1, they meet up with Satan, who (laughs) the guy dressed as Satan. And they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And it's it's Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall. Like they have two great cameos in the first Hocus Pocus. Did I recognize that? I mean, it was all of like two minutes, but it was... I don't think I recognized that that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh Another thing that I really liked about both Hocus Pocuses is a lot of the comedy is kind of derived from the Sanderson sisters being kind of like fish out of water and like these are, you know, dated and antiquated people from the 1600s (laughs) coming into, you know, the 21st century. And like some of that comedy is brilliant. When they go into Walgreens. (laughs) I was not (laughs) expecting that to be that funny. When they, the part where they turn around and they look in that mirror on the wall and their faces, because of just like the way that it's like convex is like all splayed out and they think they're ugly. And it's just, you know, it's just such an amazing sort of throwback. And then, isn't it like retinol or whatever it is that they had? And they're like, how many lost souls are in this? And they go, none? Thinking it's the answer. And she's like, I knew it! And she's so mad. And I just loved the fact that, like, he was giving a good customer service answer. She was doing that. And the use of, like, I wonder, like, I want to know the process of them wandering around Walgreens and, like, trying to think of the the ways that they were going to pull this all together and this yeah. fear of being ugly in a Walgreens and, like, someone clocking. Yeah, and then and I think one of the girls pulls out their phones and puts, like, a filter on it. And it's like, no, this is how you really look. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're beautiful. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. No, I, I thought that that was really, like, surprisingly smart. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, now this similarity between both Hocus Pocuses is something that really drove me nuts when I was a kid watching Hocus Pocus with my mom, which is the virginity plot device that is used across both of them, especially in the first one. Like, they really lean heavy on being a virgin, and I think at the time, I knew what a virgin was, but... I didn't want my mom to know that oh, I God, knew so that I'm, you know, it's just like, oh my God. And in the first Hocus Pocus, they're just leaving it out there. You know, they're not answering it. They're just talking about being a virgin. And it's just like, oh God, man, I don't want, and, and, and like, <laughs> so it was like, and it was like, I was probably watching it with my sister who I'm pretty sure definitely didn't know what a virgin was. Oh and so I was just like, God, could you just lay off the virginity? And also, so unnecessary <laughs> as a requirement. <laughs> like you could say pure right. apart again this is a Disney it movie it's, it, it, it was so weird to me and I mean this we, we were watching Forrest Gump with the kids the two littles the other day and I actually felt really bad for him the big easy is really trying hard to preserve his own youth uh-huh. and so there's obviously the scene like he was apparently we're not helping him um, and there's a scene where obviously Forrest like does the deed and he was so uncomfortable, and I turned around oh, and I yeah. noticed he was on the floor, and it just like <laughs> melted on the side and it wrapped himself in a blanket, and he just like couldn't do. It. But that's how you feel when you watch that stuff with your parents, and it took me back there. Even though I hadn't seen that movie as a child, I was like, this would have been awful. Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, they just they drag it out entirely, and just kind of leave the idea of you know, virgin to be answered by the parents or whoever or the kids who are watching the movie. Hocus Pocus 2, all they do is add in this little joke to the... And, like, it just takes a little bit of extra effort. Yeah, I think the joke was, like, the the person in the gift shop who's retelling the Sanderson sisters' story says that a virgin had to light the candle. A little kid in the crowd goes, you know, asks, what's a virgin? And he goes, it's uh, someone who hasn't lit a candle before. Yeah. That's all you need. And then there's like a little snicker. Yeah, it's a joke. It doesn't go further than that. And Hocus Pocus 2 really took the, you know, pumped the brakes on the virginity angle of it, even though the the two girls had to be virgins and whatever. But you know what? We didn't even need to go down the line. Exactly. It's so irrelevant. Yeah, and and I think (laughs) Hocus Pocus 1 really helped with that. Like, Hocus Pocus 1 established it well enough to where Hocus Pocus 2 really didn't have to beat it like a dead horse like they did in the first movie. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't have to beat it like a dead horse exclusive. Yeah. Of the first movie. Like, it just didn't, it never needed to happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that kind of leads us yeah. to our first difference of the movies, which is Hocus Pocus 1 is kind of the perspective of this teenage boy, and as a result, is just such a horny movie. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it was... The entire time... Max is wrestling with being a virgin, but also totally wanting to get with his love interest. Oh, the little sister Thora Birch is like, Max likes your yabos. Yeah, and then the bullies are talking about like going around watching girls undress in their windows. I'm like, God, this is early 90s Disney. (laughs) And I mean, look, on one hand, his sister and his love interest, they come across really mature, sensible, he comes across like a bit of a doofus, but yeah, it was really surprising to me actually. 
And I was wondering, it's always this like thing of like, what would I have noticed if I was a child? Right. Versus what goes over your head. And you know, there was the same with movies at that time where it was like, there was a movie for the adults and for the kids at the same time. So they'd do the dirty jokes for the parents to kind of laugh at, to keep them yeah. entertained. I don't think that's seen as as good anymore because you shouldn't, you know, whatever. But like, that's what it felt like to me. Horny bastard. <laughs> what a horny bastard. Uh, okay, another difference is the way that they light the candle mm -hmm. in the movies. And so, like, in the first Hocus Pocus, it's basically Max coming in and mm -hmm. they break into the old Sanderson, Sanderson sister's home and he lights the candle and kind of just like a, oh, yeah, I don't believe in this Hocus Pocus. Yeah, and yeah. he's just kind of like, you know, he messed around and he found out. And I feel like right. it was, you know, a well, he's very... trying to impress the girl as well. Yes. Like the old school, because it, it was like the old school... Um, I don't even know what you call it, but like the oh, the zippo, the zippo. That's yeah. it. So he was trying to be like that and be cool and being like he's trying. I mean, he says himself he's trying to impress this girl. Entirely not the situation. <laughs> the <second movie. laughs> uh, and then in Hocus Pocus two, the girls basically get duped mm -hmm. into lighting the candle, and it is the owner of the gift shop who gives it to them yeah. because he knows that they'll light it on her 16th birthday, which is part of the spell that happens. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I found it really interesting how they were able to use manipulation as a way of lighting a candle rather than someone actively, willingly lighting it itself. Yeah, and I think it's it's nice because, you know, I don't think that the young guy trying to impress a girl situation would have landed as well now. Because there is a lot more yeah. around, and you know, even beyond like the obvious, I think there's a lot more around sort of storylines being a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I, I liked it because I like that character of the shop owner, and the way that he performs and the way he presents it. He's a great actor. Oh, my, I was I, there. There were a number of times where I was really happy when I saw cameos. I can't remember the name, but the guy in Arrested Development, the guy who played... Do you, have you watched Arrested Development? Oh, yeah, Buster. Buster, the guy who plays Buster, who, by the way, is like... he make, His character in that TV show makes me laugh more than probably any other character. <laughs> like, I'm a monster! And he... Um, but no, but and whenever I see like those characters, it makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that it was... They, they do it intentionally. Yeah. They just don't believe that it's going to do anything, which exactly. is actually very similar to the first movie. They do something... Okay, yeah. I mean, the, the, the motivation's different, but they're like, oh, I'm going to do this and it isn't going to do anything is exactly the same. And um, the instant regret is exactly the same. Um, but I, I like how they did it. Yeah. And I think just the general conversation was just so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, <laughs> another difference between the two movies... So many disturbing deaths in Hocus Pocus <laughs> 1. The witches... Go on. <laughs> yeah, the witches, uh, they're hung at the beginning of it. That's the intro. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe we're introducing... Not introducing hanging, because I feel like in the 90s, for whatever reason, like there were so many like Looney Tunes of people, yeah. like nooses, and, and you, you understood what was happening. Yeah. They didn't show it, you know, they just kind of insinuated it, Thank but you. still, like when someone had a noose around their neck, you knew that they were going to die. Yeah. I mean, that was just, yeah. Like that, beheadings, all of that kind of stuff was big. It's weird. It's, I, I wouldn't say the 90s was like a great era 
for is this appropriate to go into a kids' movie? I mean, <laughs> we were all just kind of figuring it out I mean, in every it. era. You know and even we... now, I'm sure we're going to get canceled 10 years from now. Oh, It'll be fine. I hope so. Let's keep things interesting. <laughs> And then get us better. <laughs> but in the, they also they also burned the witches in the in the school kiln. And <laughs> yes, that kiln was huge. Oh I God. mean, I don't. I've never seen a kiln that big in a public school before, where it could fit. I went to private school and there wasn't a kiln. <laughs> but you know, it served the plot. <laughs> Uh, all right, and the last last difference in both of these movies is kind of like the overall arc of the story, where first Hocus Pocus is more about like this vanity of seeking eternal life or beauty, and the second Hocus Pocus is more about um, this quest for absolute power and the consequences mm-hmm. or the corruption that comes with it, and definitely such body dysmorphia going on in the 90s and celebrating beauty that was just unrealistic. So I felt like that was like a good take, you know, a good angle to play in that era. But I do think in this day and age, this idea of having power and absolute power mm-hmm. and this idea that you're going to have to sacrifice something in order to achieve all of this power right. is such a real and relevant story to be told. Yeah, and the need to question whether that's worth it, you know, and yeah. something with that. What I did like about it is that they pull it from Winifred as being like, this isn't random. This yeah. isn't like a, um, you know, oh, we're now going to t- t- touch on this theme. They use the fact that they know that that is her persona and that she likes the power and that's what she's going for. And then they bring that forward so that it makes it relevant. Versus, so it made it believable, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I really loved the ending specifically because it was such a great arc of Winifred. Just like you Mm -hmm. said, like she was that sister who was always seeking the most power out of the trio of them throughout each of the movies. And for her to understand and the consequences that came along with it was, yeah, it was brilliant. All right. This brings us to the last question about Thackeray Binks otherwise known as the cat, and <laughs> in Hocus Pocus 1. Okay, so Thackeray Banks had a spell put on him by the uh-huh. Sanderson sisters that turned him into the cat, and a cat who could never die, but then in the end he dies and is able to go to afterlife with his sister. Great ending. Um, <laughs> but <Sorry>. if you... <laughs> you said that with, I think, way less enthusiasm. <laughs> Great ending. It actually is. It is. It is a very good ending. I was just trying to make it forward to this question, but yes, it was a great ending. Very touching that the brother and sister finally got to reunite in the afterlife. Before that, though, he had the choice of staying with Max and his sister as, like, a part of the family. Now, my question to you is, if you were a house pet, a human trapped in a house pet's body... Uh Uh-huh. Would you live with the family, or would you just run free? I just want to ask one clarifying question. <laughs> and I'm not saying that this is Go on. one of the more gray area final questions that you've asked on our podcast. <laughs> I don't even know if we've ever had a final question. You've had better questions, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, are you asking me if I would rather be a pet who's confined to a house or free? Or are you asking me if I would live with me? 
In which case, that is like a deeper level. Like, if you had the choice to never see you again, would you choose you? No. Are you, do you like yourself, Naomi? You've taken this to a totally new existential I, level. I think I, think I, I mean, you basically said, would you want to stay with you? And I'm no. like, no! Okay. okay, I think that's on me to clarify the question there. Like you said, maybe not the best question. It was great. But if you were just Naomi, you're trapped inside a house cat's body. Mm. Jake and the boys, they're not an option to stay with you. Somehow you've been separated from them. <laughs> would you go and just choose another family to take care of you? Or would you just DIY out in the wild? I'd DIY out in the wild, specifically looking for them. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'd roam the world. And I wouldn't find them. And I'm a cat, which sucks as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd happily be a dog in general. I was like, as you were saying, I was like, if I could be Aussie and just live at home with my family that I have now, which I know is not the question, would be great. But I feel like, see, cats are kind of disloyal. You know what I mean? They don't have the same attachment. So I feel like if I was in a cat persona, I'd probably just find another family because you need to get food, right? You need like to pop in. You need to use someone. That's the cat thing. Because <laughs> they don't actually want anyone. They just need food, and they would pop in, get that, and then I would continue my search. You know what? I would court a neighborhood. Wait, what'd you say? I would court a neighborhood. Oh. So I'd casually date all of the houses in the neighborhood <laughs> so that I could get what I needed to survive and find my family. Yeah, kind of like speed foster homes. Yeah, on repeat. <laughs> Which is basically, isn't that just that what is cats, cats do? Yeah, yeah. Guys, we don't have cats. <laughs> not, are you a cat? I'm not a cat person. I think we used to have a cat. Well, Tony was pretty cool. She was all right. No, no, never get another cat. They suck. Get a dog. They can play with my dog. Or well, adopt one of my dogs when I offer it to you. On that note... <laughs> that's another story. Happy Halloween. Happy Monday. Thanks for joining us again. Good luck to all of the parents who got used to Halloween being over the weekend the past couple of years and then forgot that it actually happens on weekdays and you're gonna to have to get your kids to bed tonight. Yeah, it feels like a three-day Halloween weekend when it's on a Monday. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of nervous about, I think everything's happening on Monday, but I've got a fog machine, I've Ooh, got a game set up. Nice. So I don't wanna be caught, like, you know, out of the blue and not be ready. Yeah, yeah. Tell you next time what happens. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. Hope you have a great day. Hope the kids are safe, and uh, yeah. Watch out thing. for movies manifesting in real life. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>